and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James. It's great to have your company. And for all the latest news regarding our podcast, do check us out on... The Facebook. And give us a like at NYR Podcast. If you feel inclined. Yeah, especially... Certainly as much. Especially after being naked... Like what we are right now. <laughs> We're so cleansed. It's, it's drafty in here. It is. I've only left my hat on. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. He's gone full punny. I have gone. I've got nothing to do. It's the full Monty. Yeah, wow. We here have we gone are. the full Monty. Yes, here that's right. Here we are in Sheffield. We are in Sheffield, Sunny yeah. Sunny fucking Sheffield, England to get our Tockleys out. Absolutely. There's an old word for penis. Tockley. <laughs> Exactly. Peter Cannonario's 1997 film, The Full Monty. I the think Full Tockley. It's really interesting one, this Whip it this out. Film. Yep. We'll yeah. whipped it out. As much as I'm trying to make fun of penises, which... You actually don't see any in this film, though. You only see... The last shot of the film you is see like some bare yeah, you, you see some man cheek. And you see pouch. Yeah, you do. You see bulge. Yes. Um, you know, there's definitely man bulge. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, and when I say man bulge, I'm not talking about like pectorals. You know, mm. that's all groin bulge. Oh yeah, yeah, we're talking the original groin bulge. We are crotch plump. Um, <laughs> that no, you don't see it, but you get to see some man hams. Mm-hmm. So you get to see some clapping hams at the end. Yep, and that's about it. But the naked subtext in this film is actually probably one of the minor parts. Of I a agree. Very complicated fucking story. It is really. And look, I think that this film is not only is it unbelievably funny. Oh yeah. I laughed out loud so many times watching this. Oh yeah. But I completely forget about the the real serious issues this film actually tackles. And, and it, how fucking many of them. And there are quite a lot. And I want to explore some of these as our podcast goes along. But the thing yeah. that I, I love about this film is I think that the comedy subverts the seriousness of it. Yeah, it's and perfectly it, balanced. It's so perfectly this balanced. This Szechuan barbecue. Like, this is right on the fucking money. And it really comes back down to the strength of the screenplay. Now, I really, really have to uh, acknowledge the screenwriter here, Simon Belfoy, who um, he won an Oscar for The Slumdog Millionaire so, uh, back in 2008. So him being... You know, such a strong writer that he is. And the way he's been able to really progress this story, I think is great. And the other thing that I love about it, it's so short. Yeah, it's the, the perfect length. It's but the it's perfect also, length. The other thing that I'd add to the screenplay mm-hmm. and the running time yep. is, you know, it's been one of those things where I haven't said for the last couple of podcasts we need to shave 10 minutes off this film. Yeah, true. Is the ensemble cast. Oh, it's phenomenal. I like love the it. The acting in this mm. creates empathy for characters yeah, in does. other films where you wouldn't have it. Yeah, I you couldn't agree more. You wouldn't get any. But these guys make you give a fuck about them. They do. And it goes back to the genius of the casting. The oh casting is definitely one of my biggest strengths of this film as well. And it also, it comes back really back down to the direction of the film. Yeah. You know, the yeah. director has really precisely chosen some of the most fantastic British actors to be a part of this, and, and not even British, some of them. Well, some, well, some of them are not. But, but there is one particular actor who I really want to talk about today. Uh, I'll get to him later. I won't Ooh. mention it yet because I really want to. There's so many it. good actors in. Well, this. there is, but there's one in particular that I just think his performance is phenomenal. I think I might know what it is. So before you tell me, yeah, let me guess. All right, you want to have a guess? Yeah, I reckon I, I might know who. Okay, it is. who do you think it is? I think it's the boss, the guy that used to be the foreman. Oh, really? Yeah. You mean Lompa? Yeah, is that him? Lompa's the one with the red hair. No. Not him? No, no, the guy who used to be the factory supervisor of all the lads. The older dude oh, who lies to his wife. A horse? Oh, 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 lies to his wife? Yeah. Oh, Tom Wilkinson? Yeah, Tom yeah, Wilkinson. Spot him. Yeah, spot him. <laughs> spot him. 
Not I only thought that it was yes, everybody else. So for some reason, I was thinking oh, all the other different characters geez. of the film. But yeah, you were absolutely spot on. Tom Wilkinson, it is, his performance in this film is outstanding. I yeah. really, really was disappointed to his see that he was not arc. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, his character arc is the best of the character he arcs, I think. evolves as an entire person during this yeah, film. Yeah, he does. Like, fuck, what an arc this guy has. Oh, it's incredible. And, he's and he gets to do all sorts of performance throughout this film. He yeah. gets to do the serious dramatic and you get to see him open up like from being closed off to yeah. them. And There's comedic elements too, oh, which, yeah. oh, I laugh out loud so much. But I want to get, I want to really get to him in a bit of detail as we, as we progress in Roll the narrative. merrily through our stripping experience. Yes, exactly. Oh, what's the that draft thing? tickles our nethers what's here that, in Studio D. What's that thing that's under my desk right now? <laughs> wow I had to go there he, just, You right, gave me too much to work with I know, I'm sorry Alright, let's better move on Alright, <clears throat> right, let's go on So I like how the film starts Because it starts with a bit of this juxtaposition Between Sheffield It's, it's like a promotional video for Sheffield Back in the 19, late 60s, early 70s is, Yeah, that kind of Come to Sheffield Come to Sheffield It's let's, a city on the moon It is And then all of a sudden 25 Fucking years later yeah, is, industry's dead. Industry is dead. And it really sort of explicitly shows the the damning side of how much it's changed, you know. It's yeah. meant to be a mining oh, – not mining. It's like a building construction kind of place it was meant to be, I think, Sheffield. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm did so wrong here. Film? Yeah, I did. I just, Steelworks. Steelworks. Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you for that. No yeah. idea. Because you are introduced to a few characters at the start. So you have um, Robert Carlyle. Um, he is uh, he, he's a father to this young boy. By the name of Nathan in the yeah, film. Nathan's a bit of a dick. Oh, no, I don't mind him actually. He's dickish at the start. Oh, at the start, yeah. And then he sort of runs away later. And he does yeah, typical punk yeah. exclusionist teenager Ab- bastard. Absolutely. But Robert Carlyle, so he Ooh, plays. Dad, um, you're not cool. As if. Yeah. No one's dad's cool. <laughs> shit. That's right. So he plays Just Gaz. Just be cool with it, alright? He's trying. That's Fuck. right. Yeah, so he plays Gaz, and he's uh, joined by one of his best friends, who's played by uh, Mark Addy. His name is Dave. Dave is excellent. Oh, he's so good. But um, so they they're caught stealing some steel, um, and then he get you know they get locked away. But one of the things I laughed out loud so much in the opening sequence is when they're they're out of they they somehow got out yeah. of the place, and all of a sudden they're laying in the middle of this like river on this. Floating car, car, yeah, you know, and then Nathan holding the steel beam, holding the steel beam, which Nathan actually chucks into the water, and then just Robert Carlyle's reaction is like, "Oh fucking hell, Nathan!" Yeah, like like the articulation of some of the things that he says, some of the swear words, it's perfectly pronounced, which is impressive for someone to pull off a Sheffield accent. Yeah, so it's perfect. There's Liverpudian, yes. there's Sheffield, there's Scouse, like there's all sorts of English accents. Mm. And Robert Carlyle's fucking Glaswegian. Oh, of course. So, you know, for him to be able to pull off mm. a Sheffield accent because he gets to say words like now, yep, and now wrong with him, you know, and uh, the way they do it, you know, because they finish with that kind of upper inflection question. Yeah, they do. I, you know mm. what I mean? Like, aren't I? Oh, mm. fuck, I'm sorry, everyone. That was terrible. Um, but that's, yeah, you know, like mm. he pulled that off so well. And he's Glaswegian. Yeah. Which as an accent is practically indecipherable. Mm. So yeah. he did great. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I think uh, I think he did really, really well. Uh, I love the fact that there was even a moment when he goes, oh, shit. You yeah, know, the articulate. Oh, just I laughed out loud. Just it's something is so simple as that. Yeah. Like, well, know. even when they said, um, you know, when the guy's walking past or a guy's walking his dog past and yeah. he's stuck in the car. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, mate. Ah, oh, not so bad. I oh, not so bad. <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. We stuck on a fucking car. I, yeah, I love, I love their interactions, both Gaz and Dave. Yeah, I Dave's think. amazing. Dave's character is incredible for me because he's got this sort of 
really sweet humanity yeah, about does. him, and he's really crushed. Like his individually, his and body image. It and comes his back down to body opinion image. and stuff like that is just crushed. So, you, and that manifests its way throughout the film in very different ways. Oh, it really does, and it's it's fascinating. And just doubting and his confidence is shot, and mm. yeah, he's a really sweet guy. I know deep down, and you know he's actually he's married to a woman by the name of Jean, and Jean. You know, like he's he's a little bit um, sort of depressed at the start of the film because he's sort of thinking, oh, Gene's probably cheating on me and that sort of thing. So it goes on once again, yeah. goes back to the self-image, yeah, so body he, image issues yeah, so that the film deals so with. So he's fatter than he used to be and he's also unemployed. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other factor as well because both Gaz and Dave were originally working in the steel you know, yeah. factory. And unemployment in town is huge and, and, because and, everyone was. And that comes back down into one of the second big issues that this film really tackles is this idea around unemployment because later yeah. on you end up seeing, uh, they end up going to job centre or job the club. The job club that, job got club to that to, they yeah. go to and they are introduced to a number of other characters. It's one of those things that you've got to go to to keep your unemployment benefits. You, you do, so yeah. So you've got to go to job clubs so you mm. be seen to be constantly searching. Exactly. And then the other thing that's also established uh, very early on in the film is about the character of Gaz. Now, Gaz, uh, he is... It's very clear... At, He's a well, roustabout. Well, He's yeah, a larrikin rat man. He is a larrikin, and I love the character for him, but then we find out that he's actually pretty much on the verge of losing his son. Yeah. With regard to the issue regarding 700 to, quid of back yeah, child support back payments child support. to his wife, who's doing incredibly well. Yeah, she's married this, or about to marry this guy by the name of Barry, who's, who's living this, who is an absolute twat. I couldn't agree more. And Don't you? Like, isn't that one of those things in movies where you're like, how come the new husband always, like, it can't just be like, fuck. That guy's actually really reasonable yeah. and I don't mind him. Like, it's always going to be some twat where you're like, fuck that guy. And he's got this huge house, this nice car. It's like luxury galore. Yeah, and then, but he talks out his nose and he's got pubic hair for yeah. a haircut. Like, it's sucks. Uh, There's uh, nothing likable he, about him. He, you see his head sort of smooth his way in there. I'm like, I'd punch him in the face. Every time I see him, I think, you know who you look like? You look like Mark, Mike Hucknall from um, Simply Red. You oh. know the singer? Yeah, but Mike Hucknall can sing. This guy's got no redeeming qualities. <laughs> I know, just in terms of these looks, I was probably more going towards anyway. Mick, Mick Hucknall? Yeah, Mick Hucknall. That's the name Mike I was thinking. Hucknall I said Mike, didn't I? Yeah. Mike Hucknall's his untalented brother who's there in this go. film. There you go. Mick Hucknall, that's the one, the lead singer from Simply Red. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. But a then, partially shaven ball bag of a man. Absolutely. It's just classic. But because we're learning these things about the child support and that sort of thing with Gaz, there's a moment earlier in the film, actually... After we find out a little bit more about the child support issues, there's a moment where, which I find so funny, there's a moment where Gaz and Dave, they've, you know, they're walking away from their little situation with the car and that sort of thing. And then they walk past <laughs> this club and all these women are going to go and see these the Chippendales. strippers. Yeah, yeah, the Chippendales, the Chippendales. And well, they, a Chippendale version. They yeah, weren't that's actual right. Chippendales and they find, going to Sheffield. No, exactly. And they find out that Jean, Dave's wife, is gone and a bunch of her other friends and stuff like that. And they overhear the conversation, or well, Gaz does anyway. But there's a oh, moment. Because yeah, Dave just, can't get through the window. Yeah, exactly, because he can't get through. Oh, but there's a moment in the film, God, I pissed my pants. Is, is it when he's like, go find your auntie Jean, and then his boy just starts drinking he the starts drinking. end of everyone's beers? It's not just that, but they're having a conversation in the male toilets, the women, and then this woman just goes up, oh, love, he, I'm going to cheer you up, and she just goes up to the urinal, takes down her pants, and just pretends, and just pretends, pretends she's, she's a bloke having a piss. Fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, pretty rough, them ladies. Oh, yeah, so so rough. <laughs> 
So we're learning a lot about this. And then, of course, we're established to the, the job club, and that's where Gerald comes into yeah. play. Now, Gerald, played by Tom Wilkinson, I think he's one of the one of the strongest characters in the film. For me, his character arc is so unbelievably clear as it progresses. Yeah. But we see him established. He's at the comp- uh, computer. He's focused. He's wearing a suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. And we're thinking, why are you wearing a suit and tie at this at place? The but, rest of the other dudes, so he was the foreman from them in the steelworks. And yeah. The rest of the other dudes are just flubbing around in you know jeans and boots and whatever. That's and he's right. diligently working away, trying mm. hard to get a job. Exactly. And he turns around and snaps and he's like, could you shut the fuck up yeah. while I'm trying to get a job? Yeah. And they're like, shut up, man. You're not our foreman anymore. Yeah. So he was a sub-boss to them being mm. the floor foreman. That's right. In the workshop, which is obviously not ingratiated, <laughs> ingratiated mm. him to the the crew of guys. Mm. So it's like, just piss off, you know? So he's dismissed in those early moments, but mm. you can see that he's driven to it. And there's kind of nearly a desperation to what he's trying to do. I agree. I think there is a desperation. You can sort of see the way that he's sort of mm. doing it. And they were sort of, that's where they talk about. It. He's like, Oh, that'd be good. Wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. And he does that great line where he's like, well, you're too skinny and he's too fat. And you're both fucking ugly. <laughs> both fucking ugly. And then, yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that moment. But, and as the narrative then progresses, it goes on to another serious issue, which just comes out of the blue. Yeah, they're walking up the hill from yes. Job Club, having a fag. Having a fag, yeah. Dave stops and sees this guy. mindedly like he's got the bonnet up and he's looking, he's like, ah, there's probably your points are a bit bad. And, <laughs> and, and he uh, he yeah. pulls the, and like the guy goes and sits in the passenger seat with the door and you can just sort of see off frame. Like there's the, the hose, hose yeah. sticking through the window of the car. Yeah. And Dave's like, cleans out the points, reinstalls it. Give that a go. There you go. Fires up. There you go, mate. No worries. Shuts the door and walks off. Yeah, exactly. And it just subverts once again. Like this is a serious issue. This guy's about to commit suicide. Yeah. Like he's lost his job. Yeah. And he feels hopeless. Mm. And you find out later he's looking after his infirmed mother. And But then there's also something else that comes well, in too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's gay. He's gay. Yeah. And hasn't come to terms with that either. But That's the right. same sort of same things mm. and so yeah he's killing himself yeah exactly. and so it's this really humorous way and then dave runs back and pulls him out like what are you doing you twat and he's like oh you bastard yeah you <laughs> silly bastard and, and he then he shoves him back, him back in, in love it and he's like banging on the window like let me out god then, so they're lying there having a cigarette and it's a really touching moment where it they're is. like you know they're going through all the different ways you could kill yourself. Mm. And he's like, maybe just get a mate to run you over. And he's mm. like, I don't have any mates. He goes, well, we just saved your life. So, yeah, we're mates. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this for a second. And one of the things that I noticed a little bit during this film, there's actually not a lot of put downs. No. I mean, there's a fuckload, but they're all done. It's it's not in a way where it's... No, it's not a negative. I agree. And it's that's, like, you can... Like, I can be like, Dino... You, you know, yeah. you fucking ugly bastard. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's one of those things where they're just ribbing each other, but it's it's kind of like a coping mechanism. Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I was sort of getting to because the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because I felt it at that moment when you know they've just saved his life, but then he said, "Oh, because I don't have any mates." And then they're like, well, where are your mates now? And yeah, all of a sudden he gets this big smile on and his he goes, face. He goes, he goes, I'd run you over in a minute flat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, and it's this sort of real black sort of humor yeah. way of saying it, but they're united because they're all in the shit show. Yeah, exactly. Because Dave sort of knew me. He goes, oh, didn't I know you worked mm. in a thing down the way? Yeah, that must suck now that it's gone, you know. And he's yeah. just talking to him absentmindedly while he fixes his car. That's right. So they're all in this situation. So there's kind of like agreed camaraderie because everything's mm. in the shitter yeah. that keeps them together. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really, really impressive. Yeah. So I thought that so, was, I just had to add that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the themes throughout it. Like the mm. boys all sort of get together and there's no sort of, there's, 
there's no part of it, like, even with Gerald, mm. where they're just like, fuck you. You know mm. what I mean? Like, they fuck him up. Yeah, they do. All right, so... Moving on. Yes. Gaz keeps going on about this potential for doing it. And idea. then they find out that Gerald can dance. Yes. So he goes dancing with the missus and then they're like, well, we'll get Gerald to teach us and then we can get our dicks out and make some money. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which everyone thinks. You mm. know, you're just like, there you go, Gerald. Yeah. Um, and so Gerald's got a job interview and he's like, fuck you guys. I'm not helping you at all. You yeah. bastards. And fair enough. They, they distracted him and stole a bunch of his gnomes. Yeah, and- they stole his gnomes out the front and <laughs> waved it behind the window, which is a genius. I mean, one of the things you're going to hear us talk about in this film is some of the objects and the things that they touch on. But all throughout it, it's so funny. Oh, it's so I funny. I mean, we can't talk about the humor because the subtext in this is worth discussing. Oh, because it really is. It slapped me in the face. I haven't seen this movie in 15 fucking years. And mm. then all of a sudden I watch it and I'm just like, holy shit, there's someone dealing with, you know, repressed feelings of their sexual identity yeah, and who correct. they are as a person. Yeah. Then you've got these issues with, like, impotence. Mm-hmm. Impotence you, was a big one, I You noticed. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, men, where they've done it, you look at this unemployment, you look at dark things like suicide. Like, there's all these subtexts, but then the body issue shit that smacked me in the face mm. with them flipping the entire gender issue and talking about how they're speaking about women blew my mind. I know, it's crazy, isn't and it? And at the same time, there are things that haven't aged well in this film where they use like Robert Carlyle, especially Gaz, mm. um, uses like puffs, you know, so he's using gay as a derogatory term constantly at the start, mm. which changes as the boys go along. But it's that thing where That's he true. dismisses it as something when the lads are together as... Yeah, I I was quite impressed by the way they sort of tackled that yeah. toward the latter part of the film for its time. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those, okay, yeah. as a mark in time and as a moment in time. I agree. Um, but, you know, that was probably one of the things that you look at now like, Meh. I didn't mind that so much. Yeah, but, it, I mean, and it did at the same time, like you've got a film where he was using that as a derogatory term and at mm. the same time you had a moment where two men found yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. And it was really... It was really bittersweet. But it was really cute the it, way they came together. I know, because... And it was so sweet, the two boys. They're just looking at each other, you know, They just lovingly ran away from the cops. Oh, I know. Well, well, rubber G-strings. Well, well, no, leather G-strings. Let's not go too far, because I want to come back to that. Yeah, it's yeah, one of my oh, favorite. Yeah, so what, Gaz. It's one of my favorite scenes. They fuck well. Gaz up in yeah, his exactly. interview with gnomes. Pretty much. But we've but, all lost a job before, mostly because of gnomes. No, ex- <laughs> exactly right. But that's where they come up with the idea and they do some auditioning because they wanted to get some other people to be a part of this Chippendale thing. Well, so, go back for a sec because Gerald's moment at the end of Job Club where he confronts them. Oh, God. How amazing that was is my job? Is his acting. Why did you do that? So mm. he breaks down because he's absolutely there because then it's exposed that he hasn't told his wife that of he got course. fired. Oh. So he just breaks down and he does this thing like it was mine. He grabs him, he's going to punch him, but then he just cracks. And you can see the sort of strain that he's been under. So now it makes sense that he's turning up every day in the suit because he's pretending to go to work. Yeah. Because Linda. adamantly working there and he's like, fucking Linda's out there now with credit cards. Yeah, spending. She wants to go skiing. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, look, that performance in that moment in time, amazing. But like, it just, like, it changes that entire yeah. attitude towards the character because he seems like a cold prick. I and then agree. all of a sudden you're like, wow. We actually totally understand what he's going through. But that's been, six months and he's been lying know, to his been, wife about being fired because he right. cannot face up to the fact to tell her that he's been sacked. Exactly. Oh, it's a gut-wrenching, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a real rough. And you know there's no good ending for him. No, you know that. Um, you know that between him and the missus that it's going to come to a head at some stage during this film and yeah. it's going to be bad. And and it ends up, unfortunately, happening. But even before, uh, there's a little sub-moment before that, which I laugh out loud so much. But Is I'll, this a repo, guys? Oh, I love yeah. it. God, I love it. But, but that's when Gaz is like, all right, let's audition for these, you know, to get 
six people to yeah, strip. Let's say as many as we can get. Yeah. So anyway, they audition, and this guy horse. He's amazing. He's an amazing older. There's a Liverpudian accent. Ah, that's true. Yeah, horse has got a Liverpool accent. Yeah, horse has got that. And then they get Guy, and Guy's pretending that he can climb up this wall. And He's talking about singing in the rain. Talking about Exactly. It's like, it's a great film. They do that thing on the wall. Show us Biff. Yep. Biff right down there. And but he's then, got a massive dick. Exactly. Because he's like, oh, you can't sing. You can't dance. But what, what can you do? And he's like, I've got a huge penis. And he just chucks down his pants. And penis. The lunchbox has landed. Yeah. <laughs> I could love it. Uh, that's when Gerald puts down the paper because he knows him. Yeah. All right, Gerald, didn't see that. Didn't see you there. <laughs> oh, God. There's just subtle moments of laughter. I just love yeah, it. I love it. Absolutely it's very love. definitely done. It's very, very well done. But, yeah, so that's when they have to make the decision. All right, let's start working out, dancing. Let's start, actually, maybe we should get naked in front of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... They're back at Gerald's house. Gerald's house. And oh, like, I love that We're going to do it on stage. We're going to do it in a safe space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and when they do it, they all take off their shirts. They all take off and they get into their underpants and they're all just making these little you know, slide remarks. And yeah, you know, having a, having a little dig. Horse by name, horse by nature. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> you know, having a go. And then the repo guys turn up to take Gerald's stuff. He lets him in. And, and Mark Addy's reaction to that, put it down and piss off. <laughs> They're all sitting there in there. Put down and piss off. Because <laughs> they're all just standing there in the tidy whities Oh, I love it. Yeah, they're fucking hilarious. It's and they're, so and funny. The composition of the shots, especially oh, yeah. of the boys when they're uncomfortably getting their tackle off. Yes. Like getting their kid out and getting nude is really well done. It's really well done. There's some really impressive direction in terms so, of blocking. I think blocking's yeah. really quite strong in this film. So Gaz goes through, like, and his son's getting more engaged with the process, which is really cool because he sees that he's actually trying really hard. So yeah. his son starts to, he starts at a phase of embarrassed. Yeah, because he's unable, because Gaz, because he doesn't have any money, he's unable to actually take him to soccer games and all he of these things. any of the dad things, no. but he also wants to be able to pay the fee to be able to get joint custody. Yeah, exactly. So he's trying to make sure that he can still see him. And so as he's progressively going through this, you can see that Nathan's starting to believe in him more because he's mm. really trying and he's yeah. got these guys together and it's something that's actually uplifting. And it's very uplifting. Together. So that's one of those things that's happening in the background. And then there's this moment, and I want to talk about this. Yeah, sure. Where they're back at Gerald's house to get in the sunbed. Oh, God. So it's not the whole crew. Gaz isn't there. No. And Guy's there. Um, horse is there. Lomper's there. And, and Horse, yeah. And Gerald. And Gerald, yeah. Yeah, and, and Dave's there. Oh, Dave is there, yeah. That's right. Yeah, because then they're looking at it and they've got a Cosmo out. And yeah. they're looking at the Cosmo and one of them sort of leans over casually and is just like, no, tits too big. Yeah, tits are too big. And then they turn around and talk about, well, what if the women are just looking at us in the exact same way that we've just talked about her? Yeah, exactly. What if they just look at us and just like, tits too big, too fat, too old. Yeah. And they start looking at the way that moment of understanding how that male gaze was flipped Mm. and how it could be flipped on them and their understanding of what it is. an excellent point. So funny as well Mm. because they're like, she's probably got a nice personality. Yeah, exactly. But they don't look at that. They only look at what's in front of it. And they objectify this woman in the Cosmo where they're talking about it and then they realise that that same thing can be applied to them in this one situation. Absolutely. And the moment it dawns on them, I was like, that is an amazing way to look at sexism. Yes. 
in such a really nifty little way mm. to identify it, mm. but also to change the male perspective on it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, what if they judge us the same way we're judging them? It's and so it's true. just this one moment and you can see the penny drop and all the lads and they're just like, mm. you know, mm. start riding it a little bit harder on the bike, you know, because that's what they feel like they're going to be at. So yeah. I thought that was and a, even a really deft way to just be like, don't be a dick. I agree about that. And also one of the other things that I kind of like, especially towards the end when they're actually getting ready to go on stage, yeah. is this idea that originally they wanted women only, but then the fact that men are actually involved with it too. Yeah. <laughs> the club owner was just like, you didn't say that. Yeah, exactly. It's literally on the fucking bus. <laughs> but I actually like that idea, that yeah. concept of it. Yeah, because that confronted them more, more than getting their kid off in front of women. Yeah, exactly. So and they had to do this thing where they're saying, look, we're going to, um, the girls are like, how are you going to do this differently? And they're like, we're going to go the full Monty yeah. because the Chippendales don't get their dicks out. No. You know, that's, you know. Because they're classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm going to writhe around and stick my well-oiled muscular buttocks in mm. your face. Mm. But I draw the line at uh, exposing mm. my peen because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're artists. Mm, they Chippendales. are. I'm sorry. Look, if there's any male strippers out there and you're listening to this, don't get offended. I'm just having a laugh. But right? they are artists, really. I mean, they're dancing to music. I think that's art. That's enough. That's enough for me. Yeah, fuck yeah. To classify that I mean, as I mean, art. Not only are they dancing, they're getting the gear off in a way that you're just like, that's pretty good. They really are. And look, it can't be easy to stay that fit. No. No, like, I To agree. have visible abs all the time. Like, mm. Jesus. And that's why I love, because all these characters are so unbelievably diverse. Yeah. You know, you've got an older old. one, you've got a, a fairly attractive one, you've got... You know, a larger one. <laughs> I'll say it that way. You know, he's like- only saying this because I'm new to cross room. <laughs> <laughs> he glanced down when he said that. Oh, people. I did. I did there. <sighs> yes, Can I know. Put a heater on in here. Oh, better. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting stuck to this chair. Or- um, yeah. <laughs> so they're <laughs> so they're reaching a point where they're getting ready for the performance. And yeah, they are. Dave's backed out. Dave hasn't been able to have sexy times with his wife no. just because he thinks that he's fat. He He's not getting boners. Mm. He's not having that problem. Gerald mm. was talking to him about it. And Gerald's character has gone through a sort of phase now where his wife's found out. Yeah. Um, and he's been offered the job, so he's pulled out and he's been like, I'm not fucking doing it. Mm. And then they all go in and like, you got it, man. Yeah, Just exactly. once. Just goes, one you'll, time. One, you'll get to wear the tie for the rest of your life, but just right. once, take it off. Mm. And so he agrees to it because mm. he's got nothing left to lose. No, so there's, you know, when his wife confronts him, she's like, oh, look, I've hated you more gnomes all the time. She's mm. like, I couldn't believe you could lie to me. So she leaves. Yeah. And that leaves him sort of freedom. Gaz doubts everything that he's doing and all the setup that he's done. But mm. also Gaz's big problem is that there's dudes in there that he knows from the club that yeah. might seem stripped. That he's and really like, worried about it. Mm. this was your idea in the first place. Exactly. Vinegar. And then Lompa's mum dies. Yeah, I know. That was sad. But um, even but for- also liberating. Oh, look, it, it was because what you see at the, at the funeral is Lomper and Guy holding hands. Yeah. And then they have that discussion and like Gaz and Dave about that whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, they could have completely, you know, gone against it. They could have made some really, really derogatory comments about it. Yeah. It's it's not. No, they're just like, all right, cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just cool. And, and I think that's a a great sort of stepping stone for, especially for this time period. And and, and that's the contrast, I guess, from the start. Because before that, we get a little bit of that implicit, homosexuality idea earlier because at first I've got to talk about this. I love this scene. <laughs> so there's a dress rehearsal. Yeah. And the dress rehearsal. Oh, the dress rehearsal. Oh. Holy shit. Tears. God, is it funny? <laughs> Just someone's grandma. <laughs> like, like you've eating got snacks. Yeah. You've got a horse. He's, he, he's he, got his cousin. He there. brings his cousin and his 
niece and his mum and like, what the hell? To a dress rehearsal. To yeah. a dress rehearsal. Because he knows they'll be honest. Yeah, because Dave is like, no, I can't do this. He gets a security card job at, you know, his wife's work and that sort of thing. But then they dance to Gary Glitter's, you know, rock and roll part two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, that'd be right. I always now actually. This gives me an opportunity to talk about the soundtrack. Actually, the soundtrack is dynamite in oh, this film. Oh, it's amazing! All pretty much all nineteen seventies. You know, you got. Yeah. You know, there's that great and very very iconic scene in the uh, in the in lineup. The line. Yeah, and they've got Donna Summer's hot stuff playing on the radio. Where they were going to drop that scene? I know. How, but that scene ended up being the most iconic in the film. But not only that, it actually was used for the trailer. Yeah, the quite marketing, so. The marketing. And they're just lining but up. But also, if you're going to say that guys guys are going to do that, they were mm. originally going to cut the scene because Hot Stuff's playing and they're starting to do little dance moves in sync yeah. to each other through the job line. Mm. So there's a bunch of like old, hairy, unemployed, miserable dudes and they start boogieing. Yeah, it's just Not hilarious. huge. Gerald, no. Gerald cuts a rug at the end, but, you know, they're just doing little subtle movements, but they're in time. Yeah, they and are in time. it's so good. It's so good. And they're like, guys wouldn't do that. Guys would fucking do that. Yeah, I would do that. I, I'd do it right now. Yeah, and I love when Gerald just that, does that little spit on his Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Whoosh. fantastic. Just a, yeah, a fantastic moment. There's also a few other ones I want to talk about very, very briefly before I come back to the Gary Glitter song for a minute. Now, there's a moment in the film. It's it's jump-cutted. It's a montage kind of thing. It's the one um, with Come Up and See Me, Make Me Smile yep. song. Now, it's a, like a little montage of them doing some practice and they're exercising yep. and they're playing soccer and that sort of thing. I read up that that scene was actually um, shot after the test screening of the film because it turned out that the test screening of the film was not well received. Wow. It wasn't well received at all. Um, Second thing, it was way too short. The film was way too short. And um, thirdly, they were like, well, we've got to to extend it somehow. So they ended up during post-production, ended up reshooting or shooting that sequence. So doing that montage. Yeah, just just to extend it, which I thought was quite... Quite interesting. I mean, there is because it's not kind a lot of unnecessary. Of, yeah, there's not a lot of chuff in this film. Like, there's yeah. That's, I mean, it just goes from punchy scene to punchy scene to punchy scene to exactly punchy scene. To punchy scene. Yeah, like the only rest area you have is even just Gaz and Dave just walking up throwing little quips at each other. But even yeah. then, they're short. Yeah, they're short, and and that's still okay for me. Yeah, I me think. too. Yeah, I, I don't think which, it's a criticism. No. I mean, I understand why they might want to do extended and also shown mm. probably a bit more camaraderie. I guess. Yeah, I think in so. A different way. That's just the. Just uh, that's only my minor little thing that I have with the yeah, film. Yeah, fair enough. But it's um, that's, no, it's, it's legit. It's extremely minor. But yeah, anyway, yeah. but rock and roll. Oh god, damn! The way that they're having these cross cuts. Yeah. As guys doing his slow move. And the editing and at that stage, the and then just like half smirking, yeah. like what the hell? Because it's the other so funny. one of the other reasons why the film did really poorly in the um, in the post production stage was the editing was just all over the shop. Oh, it right. wasn't very well edited, and they were originally going to actually put it to straight to video because it was like, how the hell are we going to market oh, this wow. thing and that sort of thing? But in what that a moment, loss. it would have been a hell of a loss. But I'm so glad, and this goes back to the the strength of the direction here, that they really went back, they really looked at it carefully, and that scene. With the rock and roll and the pacing of it. And the cop. The matching, the cop, the cutaways, yeah. the cross cutting. Yeah, yeah. It works so well yeah, until that cheeky moment where obviously Guy and Lompa just run off and that's where obviously they run away and they obviously yeah. fall in love with yeah. each other. Um, but even that, oh, even when they're back at the police station, like, so funny. Gerald says some of the funniest lines, like just random ones, like. <laughs> 
laughing about it right now. The more I think about it, it goes back to the check of the screenplay. Like, Gaz is just talking all of a sudden. Gerald's like, oh, my feet are freezing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then they're sitting and they're watching the CCTV yeah, camera. and everyone's coming to watch. And he's like, oh, you're a bit behind there. Oh, no, and they always say that Gaz is ahead. You're yeah, always ahead. You're always ahead. And he goes, oh, can I borrow that, please? And then all the police officers at the back are just having a bit yeah, of a little laugh. He goes, turns around and says, oh, shut up, will you? <laughs> you know? Like, little also things hilarious like that. that. All the cops are actually at the performance. They're all at the... I know. <laughs> and I think that's probably the time where we're ready to do that. Actually, I just want to talk about Gene's uh, reaction to the, to the underwear. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, so, you know, she believes that Dave was the one that was actually having an affair. affair which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. And <laughs> Gene's reaction to Dave simply saying, all we're doing is we're going to strip in front of all these people yeah. with Gaz and some other guys and that's it. Yeah. And she's like, strippers? Yeah. <laughs> you and Gaz, strippers? But it was also that thing he's like, and who wants to see that? And you yeah. can see that he's upset. And she's just like, I do. I want to see it. So get your fucking ass off. And there. the other one that I love, like now that we're ready up so to the beautiful. performance, yeah, it, it, it really is. And the one that also gets me as well, not only the Gene character, yeah, but it's also Gaz's ex-wife. Yeah, who leaves Monty Testicle Boy out in the car. Yeah, out in the car, and here she is. Like having out, a laugh, like out, out in the audience, loving it. Yeah. Oh, god damn it's good. Yeah. God because damn at good. the end of the day, they still put it together. They you know, do. And they found out that it was all sold, so they had to go do it. And yeah. they got everyone together. Mm. Gaz, had, Gaz had bolted and left. Yep. And yep. then Nathan was the one that was like, if you don't get out there, you're yep. starting to piss me off, get out there. And that's what I love. I love this whole thing about where Gaz is the one that's made a decision to do what he's doing to save his relationship with his son. Yeah. And then the fact that he doesn't have the ability to go out there just because of a gender issue. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Nathan has the dominance yeah. to be able to tell his dad because he's learned it from yeah. his dad yeah. to get out there and do it. You've done it for me. So now go do it. Go and do it. You've, fi- you've started it. Finish it. And just that moment, I think it's just excellent. Yeah. Agreed. You know, subtle kiss goes out on stage. And then the boys drop it off. And Tom they, Jones. Tom Jones, you can leave your hat on. Oof. Yeah. And then they do it. And they, look, let's be clear. They've only got one routine throughout the entire I mean, thing. they do. And I mean, it's two routines it's, and then one that's sort of joined together, but it's not it important. Is, it is some basic choreography, though. Oh, yeah. Look, hey, the boys have got it together. And they, they get do. their kid off just right. Yeah. And they've got their stage positions yeah. fine. And I love the cheering. The cheering from both genders. Well, you see, dramatically. Interesting, interesting backstory to that scene. Okay. The boys all decided that they would actually get their dicks out. Yeah, I ha- I did read up about this one. Right, mm. but the entire makeup crew and everyone was aware of how nervous they were, so oh, they were plying them with booze before yeah, they started. I heard about that, yeah. And then the extras were also pissed, but the extras weren't told. Yes. Yeah, I did read up about so that. So when they whipped the hats off and they've got their dicks out, nobody knew it was coming. So that that excellent ending freeze frame. It's great. So it freezes and fades to white and you hear the crowd losing their shit yeah. is because it was an honest reaction. Oh, it's brilliant. See, it's such a nice like finale. It's a, it's a, it's a great finale, but once again, that technique, that ability that you've just talked about goes to the strength of the direction. Yeah. It's so well directed this film. Like you would think that a, a story like this and you know, the blocking works well, the acting from many of the actors here, um, that moment there where you have that sound bridge as you've got yeah. a, you know, the sound bridge works so well with that, just that screenshot, like little things like that yeah. is what makes this film such a well, well directed film. Agreed. And 
I give credit. I really do. And there was absolutely no denying the fact that I'm so glad that Peter Cantonero was nominated for an Oscar for Best Director for this. And yeah, earned it. It really earned that nomination. I mean, you would watching, never have won. But look, watching it again through a lens of now, mm. it's incredible how much they tried to tackle in such a short space. I agree. And it was that question of some things that were really explicit and some things that were handled with a deft yeah. aplomb. Mm-hmm. Like there's only that way you could describe it because they deal with so many really – Intense issues. Yeah, they do. In such a really great, light-hearted, yeah. feather-touch kind of way. It's amazing, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And it's at its, at its yeah. core, it's really funny. It's, like, it's yeah. not preachy. No, it's not. And it's not trying to... It's it's matter-of-fact in the way that it deals with it. I couldn't agree more. It's excellent. It, it is an excellent film, this one. I remember seeing it younger and I never I really laughed my ass off. I, know. I thought it was funny. So did, did I. Did you realize how poignant this fucking yeah, was? Yeah, and that's what I was just going to add to it, hence my rating today. Um is the it is such a poignant film and but it's one of the funniest films to I, be so poignant. To be so yeah. poignant. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm getting at. The this really subverts the comedy use is subverted by the serious issues and the way it's tackled, the shortness of the film itself. Um, and all the little scenes, it just seems to work and, and gel so well together. Mm. And it comes back to the strength of the direction. It comes back to the strength of the screenplay. Yep. And the performance is also really lifted up. And as I said, Tom Wilkinson's like, it's such a shame he wasn't nominated for a supporting actor in this because yeah. I, I just think... He did amazing. He did. Because his entire progression through and his yeah. end when he's on the stage and you can see the joy in his face that I he's know. just finally doing something. Like, he's a yeah. free man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a free you man. Know. And he's away from all those troubles just for that moment in time yeah, exactly. before he goes back to his normality. And gets his job. And gets his job. And, and that, the other thing that's good about it is it doesn't do one of those cheesy... Here's Robert Carlyle mm. at the soccer with the kid. Yeah. Here's Dave Root and his missus. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't get that mm. end where it's just giving you that real sort mm. of placid, milky montage. Yeah. You just get, this is where it finishes. Yeah. And it's up to you to determine what happened to those characters. I agree. There. And it's so great that they didn't try and do any like, oh, here's the future for all of them. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I'm so glad they didn't do that. Oh, Same. that would have that ruined it. But look, there's absolutely no denying that I think this, in my personal opinion, I think this is probably one of the best British films. Yeah, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Yeah. in the um in that landscape, I think. Well, you look at okay. So what was this? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. So ninety six was Train Spotting. Ninety seven yep. was this. Yeah. Wow. Two sh- very very strong British films in a matter of two years, yeah. and you know. Rightly nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. Yeah. It ended up winning an Oscar. Now, this one's bizarre to me. Because, what did it win an Oscar for? Yeah, it did win an Oscar. It won best an- stripping scene in the <laughs> film? <laughs> it won an Oscar for Best Music. Now, the music, <sighs> it's good, but I wouldn't say it's... it's not scored by it's, anyone. It's Anne Dudley did the score here. She won the Oscar. But it was in a It's a more year. about the positioning of the actual tracks, I, isn't it? I totally agree. So I was kind of a bit confused by it because... Uh, a few years earlier, in 1995, they introduced this category called Best Music for a Comedy. Oh. And it won it for that. And then two years after this, in 99, they scrapped it. Oh. And I'm glad they scrapped it. Yeah, because it's dumb. It's a dumb idea. It was a dumb idea. You've either got really good, Really great score or, or you not. don't. So It doesn't matter on the genre of film. So that's what I thought was quite interesting, the fact that, yeah, the film won the Oscar for the music. I mean, the music, I liked it, but yeah. there's there's... 
Would you it, say that it's yeah? I, I'd say that there's more of a, a more dominating soundtrack than anything else. Yeah, which is also a strong positive. But look, I, I as I say, you know, one of the best British films in my own personal opinion. I, it's poignant. It's funny. What do you give it? I'm giving it four and a half. Fucking hell, same four and a half. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, holy shit, that's four and a half. Absolutely. And how can we not finish our podcast today? Ooh. With a bit of hot chocolate. Still stuck to this chair, though. <laughs> you are a sexy thing, though. <laughs> it's like a boned piece of gelatin over here. Oh, God, boy. This is one of those films where I sit there and watch the end credits just for this song. Oh, you just to blast it out? Blast it out. After Ooh. that screenshot of all their asses. <laughs> you sexy dean. Sexy dean, you. <laughs> sexy pie, you. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Oh, you got to love Hot Chocolate yeah, to You Sexy Thing. Yeah, what a great film. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Jeez. Oh, you've got to watch this film. And this song, um, oh, I mean, there's a scene we didn't talk about in the in the film, but um, there's a moment where Lompa and Dave and Gaz, they're, um, they're sort of looking through all of Lompa's records. Yeah, and, and they're just like, crap. Yeah, crap, crap. And then they're like, ooh, Hot Chocolate. Hit it up. Robert Carlos sings it. Oh, and he does this. So funny. Dance to it. And he's flicking around. He's jacking and all these my coins have fallen out. Yeah, and but my favorite bit of that is he's still smoking he tries to pull this this t-shirt yes. over his head and the cigarette like catches fire and burns a hole in his and my favorite quote from that moment it's like oh i need an audience and then dave's like you need a doctor <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely love it That's all fantastic. right what do we got next week coming next week pie's choice Sci-fi time. Sci-fi. Sci-fi time. Okay. I'm there's intrigued. Been a, there's been a distinct lackage recently of anything sci-fi and anything yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. And we're going to go for a Joss Whedon one that has a cult status because it based itself on a TV show that disappeared after one season, which caused a riotous uproar and it's still like vehemently supported by the underground today. We're watching Firefly. We're watching Serenity, the film. Oh, my God. From the series Firefly about space cowboys. I have never seen this. Yeah, I know. So this is one <laughs> of those ones, because I was thinking about it, like the, the TV series yeah. um, was fucked by Fox. They didn't do the first episode first. They mm. ruined it, didn't understand the concept, and it went through, and they cancelled it. Okay. After its first series, and it was one of those ones that like, it's expensive, we don't understand the product and stuff like that. People got a hold of it. And it just went gangbusters. Like mm. its DVD sales are fucking terrifyingly huge because someone would be like, watch this, watch this, watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch mm. this. So word of mouth got around and it it garnered enough in DVD sales to have a film. Mm. So the film bridged a lot of the content of the TV show that you weren't aware of, but still stands alone. So it's one of those ones where not knowing the context, you're going to watch the film and is that a better to do it this way? Who knows? Okay, because I've never seen an episode of the show, obviously. Yeah. I did know that the show was cancelled and that sort da, of da, thing. Da, I, I knew about I don't know anything about the story. I know nothing about it. Yeah. Nothing So about you're going to watch Serenity. All right, Serenity. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sci-fi. Go. Yeah, we haven't done much sci-fi, have we? No, we haven't. I did The Abyss. That's sci-fi. It's Michael Bean's mustache. <laughs> Is that what we call it? Yeah, it's Michael Bean's mustache. All right, I'm with you on that one. All yeah. Right. All right, let's go with that. With your autograph signature. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's sensational. All right. <laughs> How about that? All right, well, I look forward to that one next week. And thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for listening. And we look forward to your company next week.